coming up on this episode of You're Invited. You know, I, I got up to Lincoln's crotch, and uh, then my friend behind me was really quiet. I said, come on, hoist me up. I'm almost in his lap. Word freaks, humor geeks, folks whose tongues are in their cheeks. Welcome to the Style Invitational. Misfits, wags and wits, folks who laugh at naughty bits. Here's a show that's fun and educational. You will meet our leading losers and learn the way they think. Take their tips and maybe you will see your name in ink. Empress Pat, aristocrat, she'll put out the welcome mat. So get in line and file in, soon you will be smiling. Welcome to the Style Invitational. Welcome to another episode of You're Invited, the unofficial podcast of the Style Invitational Contest that appears weekly in the Washington Post. The Style Invitational has very few members of officialdom. There's the Czar, of course, the Empress, and maybe we can call him the Court Jester, celebrated cartoonist Bob Stack. And I'm thrilled to be hosting Bob on today's program. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Michael, not Mike. You get first... Yeah, that works too. Let me thank you first for drawing the cover art for the podcast. By way of background, I needed some art for this podcast, so I flipped through some old style invitational columns until I found a cartoon that had a picture of a microphone in what looked like a radio booth. And I asked Bob if I could use it, and he told me it sucked. And 10 minutes later, I had a pencil sketch of, of what you see today. I was happy to use that pencil sketch until less than an hour after that. I got a full color illustration from Bob. So thank you for that. It's great. Well, you're welcome. I didn't go through much ink drawing you, by the way. <laughs> well, for my yeah. hair, that's for sure. <laughs> Certainly not the dark ink. Honored to be part of the stack canon. I know Jeff Contempassus is too. You've drawn him a few times. Uh, he was on this show previously and he said that you always draw him with his hands up in his in the air like this, like like he's a worry wart or maybe a juggler. What what is he's your not, I, I've met I've met I've met the guy. He's one of the few losers that I have met, and uh, my caricature is dead on. It is very good. So let's start with that. What is your process from with the style invitational going from pencil sketch to the final version? Well, first I have to say that yesterday I went through a very very invasive dental procedures. So if I sound like Carol Channing every now and then, <laughs> that's why. Okay. Or Paul Lynn. Channel like Carol I, Channing. I, or, I'd rather sound like Paul Lynn, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> but the S's are a problem still. Well, on, you know, Monday morning, uh, I get an email from Pat saying, here's the contest. And uh, she'll have two or three examples. And half the time I go ahead and I say, these examples suck. I'm up with some more. Because usually, but it's usually from an aesthetic point of view, a visual point of view, it's like a flea in a thumbtack. You know, it's like <laughs> these are tiny, tiny things, okay? The, the drawing only measures three and a half by two and a half in the post. And so it's like, I'm always pushing for something bigger. Let's go with a pizza slice and, you know, an Edsel, okay? So uh, sometimes I'll come up with additional examples because I have the luxury of being an illustrator and an author so I kind of think visually when I write. I'll go ahead and I, I usually will give her two, at least one sketch, and uh, she'll pick from those. I have until uh, Thursday morning at 11 o'clock for my deadline, and then it goes to print. 
I mean, sometimes literally, I mean, she will post uh, the contest Thursday morning at like, let's say 1030 or whatever. My, my art could have gotten to her at 1015. I mean, it's so fast. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. I can't tell you how many times I've seen in the style of conversational or somewhere else where Pat says, this was the original sketch drawing and I had to dial Bob back because it had flying toilets and like strippers and, you know, poop and, you know, all these other scatological things. You're kind of like a hero for uh, being subversive and having to be kind of tamed and, and having to draw something for a family newspaper. No, no, no. Pat is really good at, at pulling me back. Okay. I mean, <laughs> we, we have, there's a rope connected from uh, Maryland to Cape Cod and, uh, you know, I'll feel her pull it uh, every now and then, but no, she's great at that. And a lot of times I'll go ahead. Uh, I mean, I, I know as a journalist that if there's something that is potentially a problem, I will flag it. I'll say, by the way, look at the sketch really closely. And I hate to go ahead and say, look at the sketch really closely because you know there's a drawing of a woman in the background vomiting up a bone or something like that. <laughs> worse than that, okay? Because the moment you flag it and you say, is this gonna be okay? Then, you know, of course she's gonna say, no, it's not okay. So I tend to go ahead and show a sketch and say, here's two versions, pick whichever one you want. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a drawing of uh, uh, Monica Lewinsky flying through the air. And I had given her, I don't know if it was in the sketch or not, but in the final art, I had a knee pad on her. Oh, I, gave her knee, <laughs> I gave her a knee pad. And there was also a little bit of a white stain on her dress. Okay. And I, so I gave her version A and B and I didn't flag them. I just said, go with A or B, whichever one you want. That's fine. Because the moment I pointed out, she says, we can't do this. Well, of course she caught it. So, you know, we went with, we went with B, the one minus the, uh, the knee pad. So. I'm sure she's developed eagle eyes after working with you for, for quite a number of years. Well, we're a great team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we work well together. We've worked together for a long time and uh, I know what, what she's going to have a problem with. I, I push her buttons. There's no question, but I, I think that's kind of my role, you know, to, to go ahead and uh, I, I mean, this really is a contest of bad taste, right? Uh, yes. So I try and make sure that, you know, I'm playing my role as a bad taste cartoonist and allowing her to catch me whenever I need to be caught. Well, you both are playing your roles well. I will tell you there's a legendary time where you deceived the czar. When he was on this program, he talked about you drew all these items, like all these crazy things going on where everything was wrong. And the folks had to go and look to see what was wrong in the picture. And apparently there was a penis somewhere just drawn in. And since everyone was focusing on the little pictures, a lot of people noticed it. And he told on the broadcast or the podcast how he kind of freaked out when he showed the editor. The editor said, that's not a penis. That's, I forget what it was. That's a, it's a gun. It's a gun. Yeah, right. It's a gun. And, and it's he, a bar of soap. Right. I have to set the record straight, okay? Because Gene and I, okay, you know, I love Gene to death and, you have to understand in the context of the Washington, the Style Invitational in 19, whatever it was, 1997 or something like that, every week, Gene had a joke about John Wayne Bobbitt's penis. <laughs> every week. Okay. And so yeah. I thought, well, in the scene that has, that asks the question, what's wrong with this picture? I'll just draw a little tiny thing here. 
a quarter inch by a quarter inch. That could be, I don't know, could be a penis, could be a bar of soap, could be a gun, whatever, but so innocuous and so under the radar, okay, that I didn't even think to flag it, you know? And of course, what happened then was somebody circled it, sent it to Gene and said, this is what's wrong. <laughs> and, and that's when the proverbial uh, ink hit the fan and, uh, and we were really worried there. It, but, but honestly, to this day, I will go to my grave knowing that, Gene, I did not try and deceive you. I wasn't trying to, you know, slide something by you. This is the, in, in the spirit of a contest every week and with your incessant uh, jokes about John Wayne's uh, severed penis. So I just decided <laughs> to help you a bit and actually show it. One of the things I like about doing this podcast is that I hear one person's story, then I tell that story, and like, no, 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 no here's yeah, yeah. how I saw it. So that that rounds it out a little bit. It is a classic story that runs around the post all the time, and I, I am glad to go ahead as the as the creator of the quarter inch by quarter inch penis hidden in this <laughs> crazy drawing to set the record straight. So we talked a lot about craziness of the style invitational, but you're very, oh, not a traditional artist, but you're very celebrated artist in many formats. You do children's books, you do the cover of the New Yorker, you've done it often, and some of the most iconic and, and startling and, and, and impressive covers are by you. The one I remember most recently was Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her um Jabot? Jabot? Yeah, J-A-B-O-T. J-A-B-O-T. Yeah. Awesome. That idea right there for the I had to put on different hats. Clearly, when I work for uh when I do my style invitational stuff, I'm like, you know, Bob Staff, the Mad Magazine cartoonist. Uh when I do my New Yorker stuff, I try and be a little more lyrical, poetic, and understated. Uh when I heard the news about her passing. I immediately had the idea and I told my wife, and I was just heartbroken because I knew what it would mean for women's rights. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to take a walk. When I go back in the studio, uh, I'm going to come up with, uh, I, I have a cover idea. It took me maybe all of a half hour to finalize the art. I sent it to the New Yorker on a Friday. They had it, they held it for a while. But David uh, Remnick said that he knew the moment that he saw it, that it, it was quote unquote unsurpassable. Uh, that's because it's a very, very simple idea, okay? Uh, and that's where I try and go. I, I, I try, in my New Yorker covers, I really try and I don't tell the complete story. I just want to give, you know, a general treasure map. Bring your knowledge base to this interaction here. Do your part. And then the reader feels that they have some ownership or connection, true connection to that image they've said, bingo, eureka. They have that eureka moment, that aha moment when they go, I get it. So it's not didactic. It, it, it just hints at it and, and it brings different possibilities for interpretation. With the style invitational, I hit people over the head with a sledgehammer. <laughs> well, we need to be hit over the head. No, I, I do. I, I think my best New Yorker covers are the ones that never make it to print. Tell, give me an example. Every time I give this talk, I, you know, I do my slideshow to groups and everything like this. I show a cover of, uh, the New Yorker does a uh, annual June wedding issue, right? So June weddings. So I have a drawing of the interior of a bakery. There's one cake on the left. You see close up and you've got these two hot lesbians that are kind of hugging <laughs> onto those cake toppers, Okay. And then on the right, I have a heterosexual couple, a, a man and a woman, and the guy is leaning toward the cake with the lesbians <laughs> hanging out, and the, and the bride is pulling them back. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, 
it's like every time I show this thing, every time I show this thing, people go nuts. I gave a talk <laughs> with, with Barry Blitt, Francoise Mouly, the art director, and David uh, Remnick in New York. And this thing came up. And, uh, and I said, I, I don't know why you didn't go for this, David. And he said, he said, Bob, it's the New Yorker, not the Howard Stern show. Yeah. <laughs> that really resonates with me that my father is a um, graphic designer, fairly well known. He specialized in movie posters. Oh, and yeah, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And his favorite movie poster was one that was rejected. And it was for Network. And I can't even tell you what the poster for Network was. I think it's Howard Beale yelling or something. Uh-huh. He had Howard Beale strung up on TV antennas like they were a cross. Um, so it's Jesus well, on the good. cross. That's good. And it said the, Crucified, right? Yeah, Crucified. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Greatest story ever sold was the tagline. Yeah. And he liked that one. And the uh, studio said, no way. This was yeah, in the I 70s. You know, yeah. I really appreciate hearing the ones that didn't make it because those are usually, those are often the best ones. Well, if you do get a chance, uh, if, if the losers get a chance, get a book called Blown Covers by Francois Mouly. It came out maybe about six years ago, maybe about eight years ago. All uh, covers, that it was called, it was called, uh, I mean, here it is, yeah. Blown Covers, New Yorker Covers, you were never meant to see. Okay? Oh, wow. And, and so it's really terrific. It has maybe about eight of mine in there. These hilarious, hilarious covers. Barry Blitt has one of, you know, the Tiger Woods sex scandal. He's got like a putting green and Tiger Woods is sitting there with a ball trying to put it into. There were like <laughs> a thousand holes all over the putting green. You know, it was just great. But again, I mean, we artists, we look at this stuff and go, this is so brilliant. This should have been the cover. Was that Marilyn Monroe? It looked like something like the uh, her skirt blowing up under the subway. Yeah, that's uh, uh, the Pope uh, on the cover. Oh, oh, that's a in Pope. Marilyn Monroe. What, what the hell was yeah. that? Seven year, seven year itch. Seven year itch. Yeah, right. The subway. Right. So it's lifting up his uh, knickers and uh, <laughs> throwing off his red shoes. Oh, that's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that book. It's a terrific book. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that. How about your children's books? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, talk about you know, it, it's such a trite term, but putting on a different hat. That's a different hat I have to put on. I, I'm very, very unusual as an illustrator in that I've done everything from Hallmark greeting cards to Mad Magazine, okay? The New Yorker to the, the Style Invitational, the Ren and Stimpy show and covers for, uh, you know, wow. foreign policy magazine, whatever. I mean, you can't get more to spare it than that. I mean, you, and, and I've been very lucky at that because I've never shied away from tweaking my hat a bit and being able to I like working in different styles I like working in different aesthetics it's it's like what is it going to take to sell this idea I mean my my biggest New Yorker cover probably is the one with Obama uh, being elected they call it the O cover but it's just the Washington Monument reflecting uh, on the reflection pond and then the O in New Yorker oh yeah that was great as, as a moon okay yeah well, that looks very photographic, okay? And there's not many illustrators who would be able to do my normal wacky type stuff in the Washington Post and then do something that quiet and that somber and that realistic. But again, I mean, you think about it, would that idea have ever worked if it were cartoonish, if it were caricatured, if it were, you know, just a, a slapsticky? No, it won't. So the fact that I want to make that statement, it's so like I better I better damn well know how to go ahead and draw a really realistic and ominous looking Washington Monument. So I, I'm sorry, Lincoln Memorial. 
which by the way, I was arrested on. I, one of my best uh, memories of DC, I, I interned in, in DC when I was at USC for the Robert F. Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Memorial. Here comes the Carol Channing part. And, uh, <laughs> studying student uh, press rights for the Student Press Law Center. This is like in 1978 or something like that. And I, a friend was visiting from Los Angeles. I said, you've got to see the Washington Monument at three in the morning. After the bars close, it's like we, we go down to, I'm sorry, the Lincoln Memorial. You got to see it. And so I decided to climb it. Um, oh, God. Not, not the first person <laughs> to do it. You know, I, I got up to Lincoln's crotch. And uh, then my friend behind me was really quiet. I said, come on, hoist me up. I'm almost in his lap, you know. Very quiet. Well, a guard came from a side building and was just standing there looking at us. And and so he gave, uh, he wrote me up for a, a my infraction was, uh, it was uh, called statue climbing. I said, if you're going to go ahead and give me a citation for statue climbing, it damn well better say Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> so, so I got him to put an asterisk on there and say, the Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> you're lucky it didn't say frottage for being yeah, on, I, for his, on his lap. <laughs> yeah, scaling the Washington Monument would have been much tougher. <laughs> Yeah, that might have taken a little longer, uh, required a few ropes. You know, you're quite active. I, I also follow your Facebook posts, the big list of blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw you had one, the big list of um, desserts that work as iffy stripper names, and someone had written vanilla milf shake, and I yeah. think you had chocolate fudge volcano. And then there's also one, um, bad, the big list of bad titles for sitcoms, and ones I liked were Candid, endoscopy camera <laughs> and Charles Manson in charge. <laughs> well, see, I mean, it's just such a stupid gimmick. I mean, I, yeah. came, I think I've been on Facebook since they started the thing. There were eight of us on Facebook. Uh, and, and I just thought, well, this is a good way to go ahead and throw something out there and get, you know, get hundreds of people going ahead and writing stupid responses. I've always thought uh, you talk about that stripper names, this, you know, the whole thing like, uh, uh, I am convinced that when when somebody says what's what's the name of your first pet and the street you grew up on, I am convinced that it's a scam to get your password. Okay, <laughs> like you know, it's like okay, my dog's name was Scruffy. Okay, right. and I lived on on uh, uh, Torrance Avenue. Okay, so I, I'm just convinced that that's always been a scam to get your password. That's but yeah, I, I like yeah. I like what I like to do with those big lists is at the end of the day, just throw something out there and let people go crazy. And I just kind of walk out of the room quietly and go in the house and make dinner, you know, while they're going nuts. And then an hour later, there are 300 things listed, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. What did you do for MAD? As a kid, you know, obviously, like a lot of kids, probably a lot of style invitation readers, I was a big mad fan and spy versus spy and the lighter side of and snappy answers to stupid yeah, yeah. questions and stuff like what did you what did you draw? Well I grew up reading Mad magazine as a kid and so in nineteen ninety five or so they came to me and they said and I never saw myself as being a mad magazine cartoonist. I mean I never I always have considered it kind of vulgarian, you know hammer over the head type cartooning you know and i thought it was far too far too elegant for that and, uh, but of course when they ask you it's like of course i'll do stuff for mad so i don't know what the first things were but uh, oh i know they were trying to go for a younger demographic and so they kind of saw my stuff as being 
uh, appropriate for for younger kids or whatever. But I, I've been one of the usual gang of idiots uh, since you know nineteen. 95 until when the magazine collapsed what two years ago or something like that so you never know i mean it's like you know it could be like i've drawn every you know trump meeting the pope all the word balloons all over it or behind scenes at the tonight show with jay leno you never know what it is i like to when i do caricature i like to come up with the quintessential essence of a person in a caricature the drawing of you on, on the podcast okay mm-hmm. i Michael, I love you like crazy. I want to draw you one time, not eight, not eighteen times. Right, okay? right. From different <laughs> angles. And that's just that's just punishment. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever do a fold in on the back page, side back no. page? No, that's uh, always like Al Jaffe doing. Al that. Jaffe, yeah. But, but uh, you know, the thing is, I don't know. Maybe it's you're an artist or something like that. But I could always look at the at, at Al's fold in on the back, and I'd look at it and I'd say, okay, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a clown. Uh, eating a slice of pizza you know and uh the thing that i was more impressed with with alice folden was the type at the bottom the word yeah he'd really have to he'd really have to work that out you know to get something to sing like uh uh, it would be it would be like this long textual thing and and then you'd break it down it'd be like the tears of a clown right well, the drawing was like a piece of cake. <laughs> right. You, know, you, draw, you do the drawing on two sides, and then the folding part, you come back, okay, let's fill that in. It's the text that blew me away. That's funny, because um, as a text person, I always saw the text first, and I could never figure out the picture. You know, it was like, yeah. oh, my God, it turned into a clown. I could easily read the tears of a clown on the side. You know, I could that's see interesting. How, yeah, I, I, yeah. Could not, I could not. I would always fixate on the image, but that's interesting right. that you would go to, to the text. Yeah, different side of the brain or whatever. We're going to move on to, this is a feature of the show called What Mike Liked and What the Guest Blessed. And we go over the results of the um, current week. And this this one is the year in preview. And just like Pat picks her top four from four to one, I take my guests through that and we alternate. We'll start one, one of us does number four and the other does four. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna really really um, uh, be a downer here and saying that um, my reading of the Style Invitational is based on Pat's email Monday morning saying, "Here's the contest. Here's here's the ideas that we have. Which one do you want to go with?" Blah blah. I don't go through and read every Saturday or whenever when it's published. Read the three thousand entries because i have a life okay uh so uh you know i mean my involvement is in in, as the grassroots you know the 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 genesis of the whole thing but i'll play along if there's a way for me to play along given the fact that i don't really read it well you could pick how about i do my four and you pick your four either four favorite entries your four favorite drawings of all time or any four things that you've done or that you've seen in the sanitational that that you can pull out uh, I'll give you some time to think. So I'll pick my number four first. Okay. What was for March. And the entry is Donald Trump. First of all, there were a lot of really good ones. And I, don't, I my short list was down to 10. The top four really, I thought, were the best of the best. March. Donald Trump Jr. writes an op-ed insisting that President Biden's son isn't entitled to call himself Hunter since he's never shot a single elephant. That's by mm-hmm. Frank Oson. And what I liked about that, I know humor dies if you break, you know, you, you tear it apart, but Donald Trump being stupid, one, Donald Trump being arrogant, two, 
but being macho three with the hunter and then overly politicizing everything for I think that worked in four different ways. So I, I'll tell you what I can say. I, I can tell you that the four things that I most enjoy drawing okay. in the style invitational. Okay. When, when I'm given when I'm given the opportunity. Okay. Number four. Uh, number four would be drawings of Weingarten. My number three for this week is June 10th. 47 Proud Boys are blinded after Dr. Fauci reminds Americans it's not safe to look directly at today's solar eclipse. That's by Kevin Dopart. Okay, now you're, you're number three. Okay. Let's see, number three would be, uh, I've had this running thing, if you were to look at all my drawings of Trump, okay, progressively as I draw him, and I think I'm never going to have to draw him ever again, okay? Goodness. Maybe, maybe next week the contest will be a goodbye Trump thing. I don't know. So I, never say never. But what I love drawing about Trump is, um, and people notice this too, I don't know when I started drawing him, four years ago, okay, whatever. You look at those old caricatures, they're not really on target because you don't really know the guy yet, but he had a normal red tie. As it progressed, I made his tie get much longer and his hand <laughs> much smaller, which was always a problem because if I had to have him doing some sort of tactile thing with his hands, you'd see these sleeves in the air and you couldn't draw his fingers, you know? So, but people noticed that they would say every time you draw him, his hands get smaller. So that's my number three. Oh, that's brilliant. My number two, let's see. Number two, February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil refuses to come out until he can get a second dose of the vaccine. That's from Beverly Sharp from Montgomery, yeah. Alabama. Also a, a previous guest on this show. Okay. Now you're number two. Oh, I really love drawing. This is kind of a, a, a broad concept thing. But the things where Pat says, we need a cartoon contest this week. So I come up with these, these enigmatic drawings, wordless drawings that could be like a, you know, a woman on top of a refrigerator with, you know, a guy raising a fly swatter to her. And then people are going to have to choose. There's such a diversity of answers that the losers come up with that I just love things that I never saw before. Okay. What I don't like, I, I'll tell you my pet peeve. Okay. I don't like when, when they, you know, it's like cartoon A, cartoon B, cartoon C, cartoon D, and somebody will invariably, <laughs> say, they will say a floating B in the upper right uh, has a talk with Donald about blah, blah. That annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> and I wish Pat would just immediately say no way no one's going to mention the letter on the cartoon so that's my okay. number two thing all right well maybe she'll uh, uh banish all entries with that mention the letter pressure's okay. on pat yeah that's right my number one for this week was by another previous uh, guest on a show and it's from march venezuelan officials reveal that hugo chavez's last words in 2013 were quote Program the Dominion voting machines to help out Joe Biden. <laughs> that's, that's by the incomparable um, Duncan Stevens, who has been on the show, and he's a he's a great wit. That that's just fantastic. I love that. Okay, now the real you know number one. Your um, my your favorite, favorite thing, thing to, to do. My favorite thing to draw is I like drawing beautiful women, uh, and I had this habit of giving them skirts that are a little too short and they show off a little bit of butt cleavage <laughs> and so pat will invariably say 
lose to butt cleavage. Okay? <laughs> so, uh, so that's that's my favorite, favorite thing to draw. Just uh, uh, beautiful women with uh, butt cleavage. I'm going to look for that now. I'm going to yeah, see right. if anybody well, won't see by. it. Well, I'm going to see if it's see it. unless, unless you guys get a petition together and go to Pat and say, we want more butt cleavage in the inbox. <laughs> We're running out of time, but before we go, I want to let people who like your want to buy original art, let them there. They can go to bobstack.com, right? B-O-B-S-T-A-A-K-E.com. And you have I think I think bobstack.com slash SI, I think. You know slash SI, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they get it for, for losers get that stuff for you know the crazy bob pricing, uh, as opposed to the you know, somewhat crazy Bob pricing for my sketches. So, uh, but yeah, that's great. Thank you. This has been great. Hilarious um, and enlightening at the same time in equal portions. So thanks again so much for appearing on the show and um, keep up the great work. I've been doing this for 27 years, I think now. I mean, that's, wow. a, that's a lot. That is a long ass gig for a freelancer. I'm going to be following you on Facebook and, of course, in the Style Invitational and on your website. So thanks again. This was this wonderful. Was thanks, Michael. Enjoyed. It's been terrific. Thank you yes. so much. Thanks again to Jonathan Jensen for the theme song and Gil Glass for audio production. Word freaks, humor geeks, folks whose tongues are in their cheeks. Welcome to the Style Invitational. Misfits, wags and wits, folks who laugh at naughty bits. Here's a show that's fun and educational. You will meet our leading losers and learn the way they think. Take their tips and maybe you will see your name in ink. Empress Pat, aristocrat, she'll put out the welcome mat. So get in line and file in, soon you will be smiling. Welcome to the Style Invitational.